Well, hello everyone. I am, of course, Matt Williamson. You probably knew that when you tuned in. And Steelers minicamp has concluded. Those 12 practices, 9 OTAs, 3 minicamps are in the books. So it is officially the offseason. You know, there's truly an offseason in the NFL, believe it or not. It's only about five weeks long, but league offices, front offices, coaching staffs, players, this is when they get with their families. This is when they go to Disney World or the Alps or wherever they do. And that doesn't mean they don't do football stuff and there aren't some signings or a trade here and there, but it's the actual only slow time of the year. So I could use your help going forward. Although next week, I you will not hear from me next week. You'll hear from me tomorrow. You will not hear from me next week. I'm going to Hilton Head. If there's any spots down there that you know of I have to hit with the fam, let me know. Always open for that. Um, but I will not be podcasting or writing an article next week. I'll remind you that tomorrow as well. But you will get a podcast out of me tomorrow. This is something I want to talk about before we go, though. Pro Football Focus, I reference them often, and they do really good work. Um, they put out their O-line rankings. You know, most of the rosters are in the book. The drafts are in the books. And went 32, we're going to go 32 to 1, skim over, you know, I'm not going to give you a ton of nuggets on the other teams. But I, I think one of the things I, one of the perspectives I think I give best in this market, the, the Pittsburgh market, is understanding what the other teams are dealing with. I mean, people last year, oh, Steelers O-line is like the worst in the league. Well, guys, here's a dozen that are way worse. I mean, there was easily a dozen last year. And they've improved upon that. So, let's scan... 32 to 1, the pro football focus rankings of O-line. And man, Tennessee, the Titans, how the mighty have fallen here. They are 32, and I think it's a pretty obvious one. Like Peter Skoronsky, the first round pick out of Northwestern, is really the only asset there to get excited about, I mean, honestly. And remember, I always tell you, this, this, this time of year is the eternal optimism time, you know, that all these guys are going to get better. No one's hurt yet. I mean, so this is as good as most of these lines are going to look. You know, I mean, if anything, boy, I thought the center was good and he's terrible in the, in the preseason. Or, man, we lost our left tackle for the year. I mean, so most 90% of these guys, they have nowhere to go but down. Tennessee's in bad shape. Arizona's a really bad team, but they do have Paris Johnson, who was their first-round pick, and I think he's really promising, much like Jones with the Steelers. DJ Humphreys is a quality left tackle. The rest of the group is pretty rough, though. That's a bad football team. I don't know that I would put Seattle at 30 um, like they do. They have a pair of young tackles coming off their rookie season, both of whom were successful. And Damian Lewis, the left guard, is a good player. But there probably are two spots that are lacking in Seattle. Giants are another one. Andrew Thomas might be the best left tackle in the league. And it's funny because we brought him up at minicamp on, on the show today. Georgia left tackle, getting a hint here, you know, Steelers first round, who immensely talented, came to the league as like the fifth or sixth pick in the draft in a really good tackle class. And a lot of people raise an eyebrow, you know, why would you pick Thomas over Wills or Werfs or some of the other really good tackles in that class? Well, he's turned into probably the best one, maybe Werfs, but I mean, he is an elite left tackle after a really slow first half of his rookie year. Then the second half of his rookie year, he really started to kick in. Last year, he was a dominant player. The Steelers can get a similar Georgia left tackle you know, uh, learning curve situation 
man, they'll be sitting pretty. But they also have Evan Neal. They drafted John Michael Schmitz, a center that we talked a lot about pre-draft. Guards are rough. Rams, I think, would be even lower than 28 on my list. I mean, Rod ha- Rob Havenstein and Brian Allen are okay. You know, right tackle, center. I like Steve Avilia. Joseph Noteboom's okay. But, I mean, that's pretty lacking. The Commanders made a lot of changes, but I don't think you'll recognize many of these names. This is their starting five left to right. Leno, Gates, Stromberg, Cosme, Wiley. I mean, not exactly a star-studded group. I'm not even close. The Jags have taken some hits lately. Cam Robinson, their left tackle, is suspended to start the season. They in turn drafted Antoine Harrison in the first round. They have Brandon Schreff still, but they've, they've invested a lot in line and to be 26th overall. I probably would have Houston higher. Laramie Tunsil's an elite left tackle. Kenyon Green was a first-round pick last year. Bring in Shaq Mason, you know, Juice Drugs out of Penn State. I think they overdrafted. But this line's shaping up. And if that's 25th, not doing too bad. The Saints are another one that has been historically, well, recently, the last decade or so, has been a really good line. PFF has them at 24. Last year's first-round pick, a lot of you guys love. Trevor Penning, we'll see. Ryan Ramchek's a really good right tackle. Pete McCoy Ruiz in the middle. I mean, all these guys are high picks, though. You know, you probably would be wanting more than the 24th best line. And frankly, they're probably a little too low for my liking. The Jets come in at 23. Pivotal, pivotal, pivotal year for Mekhi Becton. Uh, the, the guards are really strong, Vera Tucker and Tomlinson. Tipman, the rookie center, is projected to start right off the bat. Good-looking player. And then an old veteran haggard Dwayne Brown that still gets it done at left tackle. So this could be a lot better or it could be noticeably worse. I think the Bills have an overrated line. You know, they have them at 22. I think I'd have them lower than that. The right side of the line is very questionable. Deion Dawkins is a good player. Mitch Morse is fine at center. The Bears, you would think, would be at the bottom, but they've improved dramatically. You go sign Nate Davis. You draft Arnell Wright. The rest of the group's pretty good. Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair. All of a sudden, they build a line pretty much in over the course of a year, year and a half. You know, now they have something to build around. I have a lot of hope for Miami this year, but their O line could disrupt that. Um, their guards, Eichenberg, so so. Teron Armstead's a really good left tackle when right, but struggles to stay on the field. The right tackle, Austin Jackson, really worries me. They would be lower for me, as would the Raiders at 19. It's really Colton Miller and a bunch of people you haven't heard of. I mean, Dylan Parham, Andre James, Alex Bars, Jermaine Alumalor. I mean, can any of you guys tell me much about those four? I could give you a little nuggets, but not exactly household names either. The Niners are interesting to me, and they get away with great scheming, especially in their run game. But they had a lot of picks, not early picks, but they ignored the offensive line across the board. Trent Williams is as good a left tackle as you ever see and is a Hall of Famer and is still probably the best lineman in the league. The rest of the group is very nondescript. I mean, that's something to note, especially week one with them coming here to Pittsburgh. The 17th team is the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think I've told you before that I wasn't going to, I am not going to do O line ranks to these, but I am responding to the ones we're talking about. I kind of thought all four AFC North teams might be top 12 or better. And the Bengals adding Orlando Brown, I mean, I'm a little shocked they're down at 17. Not that they're great, but I thought they would be above average. And I think in the end, they will be above average, not mediocre here. 
Carolina's interesting in that they used an early pick on Iki Ekwanu last year. Interiors, fine, not great. Taylor Moten, the right tackle, is a good player, well above average player. You know, so this is the neighborhood the Steelers are going to start to be talking about here soon. I like a lot of the Vikings stuff. The pair of tackles, Brian O'Neill from Pitt. You guys might remember him. He's really turned into a good player. And Christian Derisaw went the pick before Najee Harris a few years back. He's been tremendous. He's really, really come into his own. That's great. But the interior of their O-line's pretty bad. And so for them to be 15 with great tackle play, really suspect interior play, eh, I got a problem with this one too. Tampa at 14. Now, they're going to move Tristan Wirfs, who's a phenomenal right tackle, from right to left. I'm sure he'll be fine, but that's not ideal. Ryan Jensen returns from injury. They missed him all last year and missed him badly. But the rest of that line is really up in the air. Cody Mock, it was second round pick. You probably remember the redhead with no teeth, you know, funny looking dude. Matt Filer, former Steeler, coming off a bad year. They're going to be the guards. And Luke Getke's a really bad right tackle, and he's penciled in it, it there. One thing this, this, these guys don't do, which is very Steeler related to me, is they don't talk depth enough in this article. You know, they're really focusing on the front five. Like Steelers were a perfect example last year. Like their their front five was good, but if the depth would have got tested, they would have dropped dramatically in any ranks. You know, and I think that's changed for the better for the Steelers. The Patriots, they're a good example of this too. They're at 13, and they just continue to draft guards and centers and you know, mid-round picks. They're very depth conscious. And Trent Brown, Riley Reef are fine and on the outside, but the interior is quite good for New England. Um, they were 13 Steelers are next at 14 so perfect time to break, take a break get a sip of water here I will be back in a moment They got Steelers at 12. I mean, I'm sure some of you are like, yeah, they made some improvements, but that's still not a very good line. Juke stinks. You know, Mason Cole's not good enough. Well, I tend to disagree. I Frankly, I think 12 might be a little low for me. And for the rest of the podcast, I will mention, you know, 11 through 1. Would I trade the Steelers line straight up for those? And several I would. Um, they're calling Broderick Jones a starter at left tackle. That's not a slam dunk. Trust me. But here's a couple. Here's their, their couple little notes here. Pittsburgh started the same five offensive linemen in every game last season, but changed two of the starters this offseason with the additions of Isaac Solomalo and free agent in free agency, as well as Roger Jones in the draft. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's line ranked seventh in pack, pass blocking efficiency, but was significantly worse run blocking last year. You'd probably think the opposite by the second half of the season. And their best player, they say, is James Daniels, which I'm fine with. He was the best one last year. I think Sulemalu might be a better player, but fair enough. There's no clear-cut standout from this group, but the best player probably comes down to either guard. So, they agree with me. Incumbent James Daniels or new acquisition Sulemalu. I think this is going to be a strength, and I don't think it was a weakness last year. I think it goes from a truly... Average to slightly above average O-line last year, especially considering the depth didn't get get exposed to a noticeably above average line now. The Broncos are straight ahead of them. 
that's a coin flip for me if I'd rather have Steelers or Broncos. Quinn Minerts has been a really good interior player for them. They went and signed McGlinchey and Powers. Bowles, I think, is overrated at left tackle, but he's been good. I mean, he's still an above-average player. But their signings just show they're just trying to mash your face. I mean, they're just looking for huge running, run-blocking guys. Powers and McGlinchey are much better run blockers than in protection. They're going to try to take much off Wilson's plate. I would not take the Colts, who they have 10 over the Steelers. Uh, Bernard Raymond came on strong as the season went on. Quentin Nelson, as did every Colt offensive player, had a down year. So did Kelly. So did Smith, the right tackle. You would hope those three rebound. I'm sure Nelson will. Right guard is a hole. Nine, the Chargers. I prefer the Chargers line to the Steelers. Rashawn Slater is a star and was greatly missed. Corey Lindsley is one of the best centers in the league. And Zion Johnson is a high-quality guard already. You know, he's he really finished his rookie season strong. I would not take the Packers, who they have eight over the Steelers. Bakhtiari's a star, but boy, he's really hard to count on. Elton Jenkins is a really good player. Josh Myers is a center that came out the Kendrick Green year and has been much more successful than Green. And the right side of the line is good. I mean, it's, it's good. It's fine. The Falcons, I would also take over the Steelers. Uh, they drafted Bergeron from Syracuse. He's in a plug right in at guard, but could be a tackle down the road. Their other guard, Chris Lindstrom, many of you might not know, even know who he is, is one of the best guards in the league. Really solid tackle crew as well. I would also take Dallas, who they have six over the Steelers. Um, Tyron Smith, stalwart, probably future Hall of Famer. First round pick last year, Tyler Smith is guard slash tackle and looks like a good one. Zach Martin still as good as any guard in the league and has been the best guard over the last decade. So still a really good group, but age is a little bit of a concern there. The Lions are at five. I would have them higher and I would take them over the Steelers. Penny Sewell is going to be a superstar and is knocking on the door of that. Ragnall is a really good center. Jonah Jackson from Ohio State's a much better guard than people realize. No holes on that line. Now, here's where I have a problem. And it's not because they're a division rival, but the Ravens, to me, really aren't close to being the fourth best offensive line in the league. Morgan Moses and Zeitler on the right side, solid veterans, consistent, great. But Ronnie Stanley, we talk about a lot. I mean, left tackle, making a ton of money. I mean, he is such a pivotal player. And got better as last year went on. I just want to see it for a full season. And if he's the player that they paid, this line will be in this neighborhood. I mean, I, I think Ronnie Stanley's as important as any Raven this year. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, he had some glimpses last season. But, you know, so these top three, yes, I would take all over the Steelers. So basically, I have the Steelers like 10th in the league. They have them 12th, give or take. The Chiefs, stud center, Creed Humphrey, mentioned him in my latest article. Really good pair of guards, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney, Jawan Taylor, they swiped from the Jags, and Donovan Smith is the, the question. Left tackle right now. They might be a tackle away. You know, So they have four high-quality starters, but we'll see if they can resurrect Donovan Smith's career. Penn State guy, you might remember him. Brownies are at two. An elite pair of guards in Batonio and Teller. Mentioned Wills, former first-round pick. Hasn't quite lived up to that, but maybe that's coming. They got a ton out of Ethan Posick, the center, even after some, you know, basically some injuries forced him into the lineup. And I think Jack Conklin is 
kind of on his last legs at right tackle, and he's expensive. I don't know how much longer they'll be able to keep him for what he brings to the table. And it probably doesn't surprise you, the Philadelphia Eagles have the best offensive line in the league. I don't think that's even debatable. Um, the, the interesting thing there in Steeler note, of course, is Salamalu is no longer there. The other four, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, Landon Dickerson, Jordan Mulata return, and that's an awesome four-fifths of a line. They have Cam Jurgens. They drafted Tyler Steen. Those two will fight for the right guard spot. But they neither one will be as good as Isaac. I'm pretty certain of that. But still, four-fifths of a great, great O-line from last year is really, really valuable. So, hope that puts you know where the Steelers' O-line is compared to the rest of the league into some perspective. And I really do think it's a strength of the team right now. So, over and out. We will chat tomorrow. Take care.